The case of a mother last seen in Polk County is the focus of a new docu-series on NBC's streaming service Peacock. Samantha Fiddler vanished in 2016, and six years later, her family is still desperate for answers. Justin Shecker spoke with her sister. He is in the Tampa right now. Justin? Josh and Stacy, six years later, FDLE agents are still searching for a major break in this missing person case. They've spoken with Samantha Fiddler's family and friends here in Florida and her home country, Canada. But there are more witnesses they want to interview, and that includes the main subject of the new docuseries. April Fiddler is trying her best to hold on to hope. You know, I always thought that within the years, I, I, it would be easier to manage, but it's not. I'm, it's just... I'm more broken as the years go by. It's been six years since she last spoke with her older sister, Samantha Fiddler. Well, it was a typical conversation. I was um, excited to talk to her because I had just found out I was pregnant. April says she ended the conversation under the impression her sister would soon return home to Canada. But one week later on November 19th, 2016, investigators say the 29-year-old disappeared after Polk Sheriff's deputies booked and released her from the county jail in Bartow. We're talking about a, a mother of three, a daughter that just vanished off the face of the earth six years ago, and that's very concerning. The Florida Department of Law Enforcement took over this investigation in 2020 because Samantha spent time in seven Florida counties in the eight months leading up to her disappearance. Is your agency now any closer to solving this disappearance? I would say at this point, no, we're not. Uh, however, though, we've gotten some more information that's come in as of late. We've identified some more um, individuals that we need to talk to. Our witness list has gotten broader. FTLE Tampa Bay Special Agent in Charge Mark Brutnell tells News Channel 8 one of the witnesses investigators want to speak with is former pro wrestler Teddy Hart. Well, we know she came to Florida with Teddy Hart to pursue her wrestling career and we know that they had some sort of split at some point and he left and she stayed in Florida. We'd know for a fact that she was still in Florida while he was back in Canada. For 10 years, a Canadian filmmaker set out to make a reality show about Hart. I had no idea that I was going to wind up at the center of a missing persons case. April Fiddler appears in the new docuseries called Dangerous Breed, Crime Cons Cats, now streaming on Peacock. And I was uh, told that I was the voice for my sister. While FDLE declined giving information for the docuseries, Special Agent Brutnell says... I hope people watch this docuseries and they say, hmm, she looks familiar, or maybe I know something, my friend or somebody. If it sparks a phone call or two, that's great. I hope it does. Uh, again, we just want to find out what happened. And Special Agent Brunell says Teddy Hart is not a suspect or a person of interest. Anyone with information to help investigators locate or find out what happened to Samantha Fiddler should contact FDLE Tampa. Live in the Tampa News Center, I'm Justin Shecker, 8 on your side. Hey, Tom, I can't hear you. And of course, I had my microphone on mute the entire time. Yeah, I figured. So, yep. So, <laughs> the military industrial suplex, Tom Batista here. And I am with a returning guest, a good friend of mine, and a good friend of the show, Johnny Sorrel. Johnny, welcome back. Uh, thanks for having me back. And you could go ahead and let everyone know it's Johnny Hedgepath. I've dropped the uh, the sorrow uh, name, being that you know it's I'm a 52 year old man, and that's what I post on the internet to talk about pro wrestling. So 
You can use my real name from now on. Okay, no, that's fine. I really wanted to keep the gimmick because uh, I was thinking the other day, I said, how awesome would it be if Bruce Pritchard and you had a call-in love line late at night <laughs> called Love and Sorrow? See, so, that's the, the thing is, uh, DC's lawyers, you know, uh, you don't want to yeah. mess with those DC lawyers because I'm the Johnny Sorrow is a DC <laughs> character, so... Okay, so uh, so you're changing your name for legal purposes. Exactly, okay. exactly. Yeah, okay. Oh, that makes sense. Okay, <laughs> there we go. We're going to be talking about the law today. We're going to be talking about legal purposes and legalities and lawyers and liars and everybody else. But let's go back to a simpler time, a time that I want to bring the listeners to, and Johnny and I. Of course, want your thoughts and opinions on everything here. Back in 1980, a star was born February 2nd, to be precise. Teddy Hart entered the world. Johnny, your thoughts? Well, just uh, one of the many uh, Hart uh, Hart family uh, members who is going to become a wrestler and. As we're here to talk about, of course, you know, bury the lead. We're here to talk about this documentary that's on Peacock uh, about Teddy Hart. And uh, I think the first I heard, the first time Teddy Hart, uh, I might remember hearing his name when they would list all the Hart children. Was he one of those millions of hearts who ran into the ring at the end of Canadian Stampede? He most likely was. I'm sure there's a listener out. But yes, that sounds like that is uh, correct. They've had a lot of heart children and uh, various family members throughout the years. So I would not be surprised if he was one of those kids Yeah, we see at the end of Canadian Stampede. I love that there's kids in there who aren't even hearts. They just run into the ring because there were so many. And no yeah, one, no they were because <laughs> everyone's like, hey, you know what? Fuck it. Let's uh, have yeah. some fun. Everyone's running to the ring. Brett mentioned that in his book. He looked over and saw a kid that he knew was not part of the family and just was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine Brett just like, ah, you know, whatever. We'll, we'll go ahead and run with it. Johnny, it is the holidays. It's December. Jesus is king. Ooh. A lot of people say that. But he's not the king of hearts. Oof. Teddy Hart. This is the man of the hour. Do you like that segue? That was good. Uh, you did something. <laughs> uh, that's what I do on this. I do something. Whatever that something is, it's it's out there. Teddy Hart's out there. He popped out. <laughs> You're not kidding. <laughs> yeah, he popped out at 1985, I said. Um, back in February or 1980. Um, when did Teddy Hart come into your consciousness your uh wrestling viewing when did you first see teddy hart what were your impressions etc so i i'm pretty sure it was the incident at the rexplex in new jersey that they talk about in part one here at the ring of honor show where he starts doing all the moonsaults because mm -hmm. it was right at the time where i was starting to get interested in indie wrestling because there was so much great indie wrestling near me ring of honor and jersey all pro and uh it was only it was like right the show after that show was my first ring of honor show so i was checking out the message boards and i was you know seeing what was going on and i heard about this incident 
with Teddy Hart. And I'm pretty sure that's the first time I heard of him. And uh, so got off to a, a great first impression in my fan mind reading a, yeah, he did all this shit and the, the carnage crew tossed him out the back door and kicked him out of the locker room. And I don't think I, he ever, he never came back to ring of honor. I'm pretty sure, but he did appear at Jersey all pro uh, wrestling, which was another thriving indie uh of course out of jersey at the time that shared a lot of talent with ring of honor uh and i saw him at i think twice but the only one i remember and i have a great picture i'll send it to you when we're done uh because i was right at ringside of teddy hart versus homicide and the picture i have is teddy hart in the ropes with bloody with homicide stabbing him in the forehead with his fork and uh and I remember being impressed at his wrestling. I was like, this guy's good. And he looked like a star. And then he sort of disappeared off the radar. And you just hear more and more stories about how Teddy Hart's lost his fucking mind. And uh, that's about, and that's, and he was really just off my radar until recently when you hear about this story. Also, one of my favorite podcasts, Crime and Sports, did a whole Teddy Hart episode. I highly recommend it. It's fucking hilarious. Yes. Uh, and um, that came out like a year or so ago. So they were ahead mm-hmm. of the curve. It was before the documentary. And, uh, but yeah, it was basically then just on message boards, you'd hear about whatever fucking shenanigans Teddy Hart got into recently. But yeah, that first impression, I remember thinking, he guy is a good good wrestler and he has a, he does come off like a big star at least and this is 2005 2006 so see to see where he's at now all these years later is is quite the it's quite the story as we see it is quite the story and you mentioned something i wanted to touch on as well you mentioned the podcast uh, you sent that to me about a year or so ago, and I said, hey, we need to talk about this. And then, of course, life is life, and right. here we are. So Teddy Hart bringing people together. <laughs> uh, certainly does that. Yeah, he, he does do that. Uh, this is the you only time he's doing you, it in a positive way. You and me and Teddy in his hot tub, I could see it. Oh, God. Listen, I've cats. never seen a lot of cats, but I've never seen so many balls dropped. Until I sat in a hot tub with Johnny and Teddy out in Calgary. (laughs) Let's talk about, as far as, before we get into it, I'll just quick preamble my uh, Teddy Hart. Uh, AJ Styles stole his career and Pac stole his moves. In short, (laughs) Teddy Hart should be the guy who is on TV right now uh, in WWE that a lot of people are talking about as far as a pioneer and innovator. Uh, as you mentioned, a lot of these guys starting out, AJ Styles, Matt Seidel, they didn't really have the charisma. Roderick Strong still doesn't. Uh, a lot of people didn't really have it. He had the personality coming in. He had the moves. He had the big baggy, flashy pants and the the gimmick coming out with eight cats and women. And it was made for TV. He was ready. He understood the business that he was in. Uh, being around the hearts, uh, obviously, that's a benefit. No, I just saw him maybe. as, well, yeah, maybe. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely get into that, how Teddy uh, misappropriates, uh, I want to try and say that, the heart name and the connection and 
using that lineage or the uh, linking of sorts uh, to his advantage. And that's a disadvantage to so many people. Like I said, we'll get into that. But I just thought he was just so talented and charismatic and I was a fan of his. And then of course, everything in his personal life derails his career. And of course, it's everybody's fault. He's a victim. Oh, of course. You know? And um, with that, let's begin the haunting and brooding music that accompanies the various drone shots of Edmonton, Nova Scotia, Orlando, Florida, Tijuana, Mexico, <laughs> Dallas, Texas. We are all over, my man. The Teddy Hart story is not confined to one location. But it does start out in the Teddy Hart Mansion, quote unquote, Teddy Hart Mansion. Mansion. When we first introduce, well, let's. I'm even stepping back even further. I keep giving myself. Um, I keep bearing the lead. I don't know what the lead is for this segment, but I'll tell you what. Segment. I'll tell you what. The, I'll tell you what the lead is. The lead. I is think you're about to very, do it from the very get go. Yep, of this of this of this episode of this entire mm-hmm. series and how we think about it is the title yeah. of this this uh, doc docu series is j- just as terrible as the man who created it dangerous breed dangerous crime. breed crime cons cats Ugh. you're entering the world of teddy hart He's a pro wrestler, and his side hustle is breeding Persian show cats. I thought this was going to be the next big hit reality show. I wear this as deodorant sometimes, I hate to say it. I had no idea that I was going to wind up at the center of a missing persons case. Third generation art. It's time you meet the devil. I have the power to easily snap my fingers and have people killed. Teddy was polyamorous. He's done a lot of things to us. He's not a good man. He's one of the worst men on the planet. I don't deserve this anymore. This is Samantha Fiddler. Samantha's been missing for five years now. I haven't heard her voice in years. <laughs> Where were you that time? I didn't do it. It's fine. Can we turn off the cameras? To be honest, I really don't give I... a about Sam Fiddler. It stinks. <laughs> it's so it's it, terrible. It's terrible. Ugh. Jay Sherman has joined the podcast. It's incredible. No, but you're absolutely right. I mean, I guess that is the here's the thing. The director wanted to be the center of attention. So oh. let's start with let's, him. let's start with him. His name is Fred Frederick. Um, I have it right here. I think it's Frederick uh pronounced uh Krosh. Uh, maybe mm. uh, but we'll just call him Fred. Uh, Fred here wants to be. It, it makes himself the star of this fucking documentary. He's the the fallen hero <sighs> who's gonna make right with as as the filmmaker. By the way, this is the only thing he's ever done. This and film cats apparently for Canada, and uh, and boy, you want to see how up his own ass this guy is? Look up the IMDb and see the picture he chose for himself uh, for the IMDb on this and you'll realize just what a glory hound piece of shit this guy is too um oof. i'm getting, getting that off my chest i hate it when the director makes it about himself especially when it's a guy who's got nothing to say 
that's one of the biggest faults of this because there's a very interesting story to be told here but this guy makes it tough i totally agree with you i messaged you about what two weeks ago or last week whenever this yes, came out yes, and i said hey i'm watching the documentary and i had to stop after the first episode and i had to stop i i tried for about 30 minutes or so i had to stop it because of this man the reluctant hero he tries to portray himself as that as a guy who hey i'm just trying to record a documentary i'm not trying to get in, involved in anything and yet he keeps getting involved mm -hmm. and we'll talk about that and then of course the shots the self-serving shots of <laughs> him watching his own footage oh god and oh wow i found this really disturbing uh it's like <laughs> if you have a good story you do not have to handhold or lead your listeners or viewers your audience to a direction the water already has to exist the horses will find it Right. And he also, there. and yeah, and he also, because remember, this is also, he was, he casts himself as a victim for a little bit because this thing in three parts jumps around in tone. Uh, and like certain major bits of knowledge get dropped out of nowhere that you're like, well, wait, what? Because it conflicts with his, the story he was telling in the first episode. But is that he, he, he just wanted to, to make the best reality show ever made. He, it was gonna have, it was gonna have a wrestler and uh, polyamory and cat breeding. How could this not be my big hit and make me a big reality show creator? Uh, and he like, when it didn't happen, he feels sorry for himself. Uh, and then it, he turns around he's like, maybe this girl's disappearance was my fault because mm -hmm. of my artistic vision and I'm going to go down like morally safer and try to catch him myself. It's like, Oof. yeah, this is essentially a documentary in three parts, the good guy, the victim and the hero, a man yeah. truly wrestling with himself, man versus man. So Joseph Campbell's story plays out in the worst way possible on the cock johnny let's bring the listeners there not to the cock, peacock <laughs> oh okay uh, but to <laughs> well you're, 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 you almost heard my sweatband snap oh yeah all right okay good <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we're clearing things up here i don't need a i don't need anyone canceling me then again it would be my self-canceling since this is my show teddy hart's mansion what when this documentary starts off once we get past the director putting himself over and sitting down trying to be the awkward good guy hey i'm just grabbing a bottle of water oh do you want me to sit here i hate when they do that in documentary <laughs> I'm sorry that's so yeah let yeah let's everyone get to the point i mean you know what you and i should do that for this podcast all the talk we had before we right. uh, do a dramatic fade in or you know whatever the technical term is to get to the actual podcast but it's going to just be me and you just dicking around talking about our farts teddy hart mansion two women first shot establishing what what were your thoughts about this i mean oh. we're introduced to a guy wearing baggy pants jeweled out cross whether those are real or not don't know 
he trains Persian cats. Mm-hmm. Paint the picture. Tell me what you think. What's going on? Well, first of all, I, I want to point out that when I saw Teddy Hart uh, wrestling, this is before the cats. He didn't have cats. He didn't have hot chicks. He was just Teddy Hart. Uh, so the cat thing happened later. So I'd like to know when he snapped and that became a, a thing for him. But it's a thing for him now. And he's got these his wife and their polyamorous partner, or at least that's what we're led to believe until we find out that's not exactly what this was. Uh, and my first impression was when they said, this is my mansion and laughing. It's like, it's a two story house in the suburbs uh, is the mansion. That's so great. He, it, he, he wants to recreate his grandfather's place. But in the sub in some white trash suburbs in Edmonton, and how, how how sad is that when you like now that you mentioned it, it's interesting that he he wants to hold on to the heart name and be associated so bad that yeah he essentially is cosplaying in his townhouse or two story home pretty much that is the new heart dungeon and people come there to train the heart dungeon all the uh, mythos surrounding it was essentially a grown man beating a bunch of kids in the basement yeah, pretty much. that's what it was and but also also this just came to me you know what else the heart the real heart mansion was famous for cats everywhere you've heard the uh -huh. stories they had like 50 cats there was always the stories that of stew uh making breakfast and using this uh, just picking cat shit you, up off the floor with the same spatula that he was making the eggs with and, <laughs> and so there's something in the, the heart blood for this cat obsession i imagine uh but this is like if it was stew's place with tons of weed everywhere and weed flags he's one of those he's one of those pot smokers who uh i as a as a former enthusiast myself uh, the worst, the worst kind is the people who have to let you know about it through everything about them, their entire personalities. Look at all this, my weed posters. This, his whole house is full of just like weed paraphernalia. He looks like he got, he got it all at, at a fucking county fair. Yeah, it's very sure. It's, it's yeah. I mean, this is. I would picture this for an eighteen-year-old. This is how old mm. is he here? Nearly forty. Yeah, almost forty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they um, also found out they they sell the cat placenta as a diabetes cure. And I'm recently diagnosed type two, and uh, I need to get in touch with these people. That sounds like a right up my alley. I need to get me some yeah. cat placenta for my cat diabetes. placenta. Yeah, dude, let's do it. Let's uh, set up set up a black market cat placenta. We'll sell it in the States. I'm sure Teddy Hart already has the copyright in Canada. I'm thinking we can do something here. He is a he is the Stu Hart. If Stu Hart was a libertarian, uh, that's who Teddy Hart is. And now that we're talking about that, you're absolutely right, Johnny. I think that he is cosplaying Stu. He's not trying to be Brett, Owen, David. No, he wants to be Stu. The Teddy Hart mansion, the cats, the quote-unquote training school mm -hmm. it's all there yeah so it's I all there so, and speaking of the training let's talk about that for a second because oh, yeah, apparently one of these trainees his guy's name was john mckay 
and he clearly mm-hmm. looked like yeah, this guy's you know he's just sort of dumpy tall and dumpy guy he's never gonna be a wrestler and uh he isn't getting any training he's paying two thousand dollars a month to be a gopher for teddy hart in his house like do his laundry and all this shit and you see that and it always baffles me and it just baffles me i'm like you know, how do you know how do you just not know i don't care how dumb you are and how much you want to be a wrestler that you know you're being you know you're being taken advantage of you know, mm-hmm. how do you just how do you not get it you know do you want to be a wrestler so bad that you that you put yourself through this it's insane especially after especially after the first check clears it's one thing if you for the first month you pay two thousand dollars and you say okay that's fine i'll eat shit it's the first month you come back the second month, I expect to be in the ring. We have to start working on yeah. basics. Yeah. But if I'm chopping your chicken and making you lunch our second month in for $2,000, that's a problem. That is a problem. I mean, even the dumbest could figure that out. And I feel bad for you know, I feel bad for people like that. I mean, they get, feel like they get taken advantage at wrestling schools all the time. I've seen it. You know, we had one in... We had a little wrestling school during the 90s boom that opened up in our town that was there for a little bit and a bunch of kids got taken advantage of. It was right next to the place I got pizza. (laughs) It was the the liquor store, the laundromat, the Chinese place, the wrestling school, the pizza, and the supermarket. It was that all sounds like it should go together. Uh (laughs) (laughs) But we 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 do see that trend here of Teddy essentially preying on vulnerable people i mean these are people that have low self-esteem they've obviously been through things in their life they just want to have a good life and when you meet someone like a teddy hart and this is just i don't have any medical degrees this is me watching a no i'm not dr batista though i do play one on this podcast at times and i'm going to do it right now so don't sue me for malpractice uh or bad advice or bad anything Except for Doctor Phil can get away with it. Doctor yeah, Tom Batista can. Yeah, I think Doctor Tom will. Uh, actually, there is already a Doctor Tom. There's already a Doctor Tom. Dr. You don't want. Yeah. yeah. You, no, no, you don't want to. <laughs> you don't want to fuck with Doctor Tom. Though, okay. Yeah, that, that's the other podcast. That's the future mm-hmm. podcast. Um, but yeah, no, I feel that Teddy Hart is a manipulative narcissist. I think he's a dark empath. He's one of these people that mm. will. Uh, pull you in. He recognizes who is an empath. He recognizes who is not selfish, who is vulnerable. Maybe they have something in their past, someone who's open to love because they want love. They want acceptance. They want togetherness. And what we see throughout this documentary is Teddy Hart essentially asserting himself into someone's life. Once he finds out Mm -hmm. that they have some sort of stability love bombing them giving them all these gifts and loves and everything else and then after about five to six months or whenever that may be all of it stops teddy becomes comfortable and that's when as we've seen uh, throughout the documentary unfortunately that's when the abuse begins i mean think about it he's a pimp he has it's all the same ways a pimp fucking operates right and then as we find out the woman here the blonde who's his wife with the cat placenta turns out wife we don't know about but she ran a very successful high class escort service mm-hmm. and 
apparently raking in a lot of money. That's where all the money came from. So she was successful. I'm like, I'm not sh going to shame sex workers at all. Clearly, though, she was run doing well, high class business. Teddy Hart, weirdo wrestler, still managed to, to insert himself into that and take it over and take over her money. And through, because a lot of it, as we see, we see it in the documentary, he starts threatening to fuck him up and beat him up. You know, he's, he's constantly the one outside the restaurant one was was the most infuriating and then not to not jump yet. ahead <clears throat> excuse me but he has that sort of i don't know, say pimp energy and you know you know we all like laugh about the stereotypes but there's that sort of energy where those guys can just insert themselves into people's lives and take over one way or other whether they're vulnerable because there's the young vulnerable wannabe wrestlers but then there's even the very successful owner of an escort service and he manages to get her too and, and ruin her life as well. It's, I mean, it takes a special kind of sociopath and he's not smart, but a special kind of sociopath. Well, apparently he has a IQ of 147, according to That's his dad, but yeah. even with an IQ of 147, he hasn't learned that pimping ain't easy. Ain't easy, baby. Uh, but well, you're right. He did cosplay as a pimp. Now, I mean, the hat, everything the about jewelry, him. everything about him. You're right, Johnny. He's a pimp, and he's trying, and he's actually playing that in real life, or at least he's cosplaying it. And then he tried to do a Triple H usurp the business and take charge, and it's, it's just so unfortunate. But yes, no, he's a uh, Stu Hart. But he, he is, Teddy Hart is, if Stu Hart was a libertarian and a pimp, <laughs> moonlighting as a pimp, that is Teddy Hart. So as oh. we continue. Oh, one, one, Hart, one more thing, though, because when we first introduced him, he talks about the cats. Mm -hmm. At, this yeah. is where he says, he introduces, he's like, the part of my act is what I'm doing is cat juggling. And I immediately died laughing because. I'm, I'm sure you've seen Steve Martin, the jerk. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. You ever had, uh, when they're coming to him uh, for money uh, <laughs> and they show him that this is a terrible plague in our country and they show it and, and, and naving us. I've heard about this cat juggling. Someone needs to fucking do a clip on YouTube of that scene. But when the screen uh, plays in the movie and is black and white cat juggling this scene from this doc uh, this documentary someone needs to make that fucking happen but carry on <laughs> <laughs> no but the cat juggling and just the cats i know you mentioned earlier i always assumed that teddy hart was had some dealing with cats and by dealing i don't mean he owned a cat but i always assumed that he was training Persian cats since day one. So yes, it's very interesting that he essentially found a grift that he can attach his name to and say, well, nobody's training cats. Let me go ahead and do it. And he did it and he made some money. How much? We don't know. It's the only it's the only legitimate job he has because uh, wrestling's a fucking con too. Apparently he's good at raising these cats, these show cats, and I guess he sells them and you know, as a side hustle. So it's probably the least sleazy thing he's doing is uh, training cats. And the crazy thing here is, is that I've never seen Persian show cats or any real cat that does tricks outside of 
uh, random TikToks or <laughs> anything on social media. Is this a thing? Is there a traveling circus of cats? Or is there a national cat show? And during the halftime show, they bring out the Persian cats. I assume, you know? I assume there's show cats, but I mean, they're, you know, but hey, here's the thing. The show cat uh, show that doesn't uh, bump raw to 11 o'clock uh, in the nineties. That's the dog show. Oh, yeah. The, do the, yeah, dog's that's the dog show. That's the dog show. <laughs> uh, the cat, the cat show, man, I don't know what channel that's on, but apparently it, it exists. Dogs rule and cats drool. All dogs go to heaven except for Teddy Hart because he is a, a dog. The R yeah. The R Kelly and Tiger King. <laughs> a lot of R. Kelly and Tiger King vibes. I mean, not only That's fantastic. The, he is, man. I mean, the R. Kelly libertarian pimp Tiger King of pro wrestling. Stu Hart. That is, you got to get that the, in the there. The Stu Hart. Yeah, we got to get the by Stu the, Hart. By the, by the end of this podcast, it's going to be 18 words describing uh, Teddy Hart. 18 is not enough. Probably but yes, not. that is the minimum. 18 is <laughs> going to be the minimum to describe this guy. We meet Faye, we meet Michelle. What are your impressions of Faye and Michelle? Faye is obviously, uh, at the time, the wife of Teddy Hart, uh, eventually the ex-wife mm -hmm. of Teddy Hart. Michelle is the live-at-home girlfriend. Uh, Teddy presents this as a, a polyamorous relationship. He's married to his wife. They're happy. Uh, they bring in another woman. Everyone's happy and having fun, and it's just a big three-way. What were your impressions about this scene? And this is one of the opening scenes where we first uh, get to know Faye, first get to know Michelle, first time you get to see all three of them, Faye, Michelle, and Teddy, interacting. What are your thoughts on all of this and just as one of the main uh, focal points of the documentary? Or not the focal points, but where we really started off. Uh, my first impression was when, you know, the camera's on them and uh, come on, you know, ladies make out. Um, having worked in a, having, having worked at a strip club for as long as I do, I did, uh, I could tell when they're faking it. And because when they started to kiss, I, I was just like, they're putting on a show here. This isn't real. There's something fishy here. There's something that doesn't feel authentic and feels put on like even the Faye, the blonde seemed very not into it uh by the way and as we find out later that's exactly what it was she wasn't a girlfriend they just found her for the show and she was gonna use it to be on a reality show and they were all just kind of faking this apparently they did end up together some way or another but during this filming it they did not look comfortable in what they were doing and i picked up on that right away yeah, the kiss telling the full story and perhaps sealing the deal and letting us know what is going to come or what is coming. But this is a very interesting scene where Teddy is essentially, again, we're talking about manipulative narcissists and we're talking yes. about uh, people, quote unquote, suggesting, but they're really telling. So this wasn't, hey, you guys should make out. This was more, you should make out or you have to make out or yes. you will make out. And we see that throughout the documentary of 
Teddy, again, being a narcissist and focused on himself. And this wasn't about, hey, here's my wife. Hey, here's my girlfriend. Hey, guys, say hi to the camera. This was, all right, let's be over the top. Let's really put it out there. Let's really try to paint this picture. And before you go on your point, just one final thing I just want to say about this is just quickly, people like this are always trying to run PR. They believe they're in a public relationship or not public relationship, but a uh, public relations situation. The problem is, is that if you're Joe Blow and you're doing this, well, then you just look like an asshole and everybody will sniff you out very quickly. But if you have some money or a little bit of fame or access or resources, whatever that may be, then instead of running PR with random people and trying to make everyone think that you're good – you can actually do a full documentary, have it on Discovery, on Peacock, wherever that may be, and then that drives the positive feedback and sentiment to your direction versus actually being a good person. Mm-hmm. I was going to say uh, the way Teddy was behaving, this is goes right to what you just said, your point. I like because he's the one instigating everything, right? You guys need to do, you come on, make out, come on, get in the hot tub. And as we see it throughout the whole thing, it felt very girls gone wild and that's scumbag, right? Yeah, yeah. that same sort of vibe. And that guy had money you know, and offer, was offering prestige. And just, it, feel, it felt exactly the same and exactly as sleazy to me. Yeah, it's just so unfortunate. Oh. This entire documentary is unfortunate. The fact that this has even come out, uh, because again, this was supposed to be, when Fred started this entire journey, this was just supposed to be, hey, here's wacky Teddy living a wacky life, doing Mm -hmm. wrestling, raising cats, polyamory, smoking weed, the whole nine yards. It's a character. Uh, But there's a dark side to this character, a dark side that, and I don't want to say character because this isn't a joke. This isn't wrestling. This is real life. This is a person who face stated that, and again, trigger warning for, uh, probably should put this at the beginning of the podcast for anyone who's gone through any unfortunate events. Uh, face states that she's sexually, she was sexually abused, financially mm-hmm. abused, verbally abused, physically abused. Uh, when we talk about the gamut and the spectrum of abuse. Uh, Teddy Hart, passing spades, flying colors, unbelievable. Well, we don't need, I mean, it's the one thing we can get uh, as we continue. And there's no debating that Teddy Hart is a piece of shit because right mm-hmm. there, right there. But here's, here's the kicker, I think, is, and they've played a few times of him on tape saying, it's okay to rape them sometimes. Sometimes they need to get a little raped, you know, and you're like, that's okay. There's no debate here. There's a debate as as to when we get into the Samantha Fiddler and what he did or didn't do or no, there's your debate, but there's no debate throughout this that somehow Teddy Hart's going to turn around and do the right thing. You know, which Mm -hmm. is part of the, how, when, when the, when the, the, the director goes down there to try to make him do the right thing, which is why it's so frustrating. Like, you know, he's not going to do the right thing because it, in part one, he's, he's saying that it's okay to rape women. Okay. Yeah. Fuck them. And uh, well, one little thing, the WWE gets a credit on this thing. Kevin mm-hmm. Dunn, Kevin Dunn has a credit on this thing. Cause anything even re- remotely related to the WWE, I guess Kevin Dunn gets a credit on. 
<laughs> That's hilarious. And if this does win any award, we will never hear the end about this, Johnny. I don't think it's going to be winning any award. This will be all on. Oh, yeah, I, I don't think it will. But if it does, this is going to be all over WWE TV for the next 20 years as award winning Academy Award. I, I don't watch these award shows, so I don't even mm -hmm. know who would uh, do this. Uh, Emmys. Emmys, I guess. Right. OK, yeah. OK, there we go. Um, Jesus Christ. All right. We don't want to give anybody any awards for any of what we've just seen. Uh, but as we continue in part one, and uh, again, this is three parts, and you touched on it earlier, where in part three, there's video from 2010 that is shown. And in this video, there's just Teddy Hart berating Faye. Yeah. And as you mentioned, she's laying in bed trying to go to sleep. And or laying down, relaxing, whatever that may be, whatever state she's in, she's obviously in a leave me alone state. And he's bragging on camera about how a little rape is okay. Again, this is sociopathic behavior. That is not what normal people say. That is what people say when they are, when they view someone as property or as an ends or a means to an ends versus an actual human being. Right. And it's really sad to see. And, you know, the fact that it's on tape and has been on tape for a long time as quote unquote home videos. Johnny, I had home videos when I was a kid. <laughs> and it's usually, <laughs> it's usually me and my dad going down a slide or a family at the water park. I don't have any home videos like this, my man. Oh, good, good. I'd be, I'd be worried if you did. <laughs> but Teddy Hart is uh, an interesting guy. We'll continue with him as we be continue through this uh, series of unfortunate events. <laughs> the Teddy Snicket. It. Teddy uh, we want to do that. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. There we go. We'll, we'll call that. <laughs> that will be the podcast. Um, but yeah, so we meet his wife, we meet his girlfriend, uh, obviously they're working out, they're taking a bath, as you mentioned, there's weed all over the place, uh, as far as uh, paraphernalia and posters, you would think that it's a bad 90s movie, mm -hmm. that Teddy Hart was the star in an off-Broadway production of How High. <laughs> it was terrible. It was... Um, pretty uh well yeah anyways let's continue <laughs> so we meet everyone we see teddy's life the guy the or fred uh the director yeah he seems really enamored about pro wrestling and the lifestyle and everything that goes with it that he begins to continue uh, he continues recording. As you mentioned, we meet John, who is trying to be a wrestler, $2,000 a month in a shitty ring. Uh, he's making eggs, and uh, or rather eggs Benedict in this point, because Teddy Hart betrayed him. Oof. Uh, and nothing really comes of it. I mean, we don't really see this guy. Yeah, we never go back to him. He never comes yeah, up we, again. Yeah, it's in this... Uh, I'm curious as to what he's doing. I do not believe this guy is in wrestling. And if he is, 
he has to be behind the scenes or a commentator on a random promotion. I'm kind of curious to track him down. I found Billy Jack Haynes. I will find this guy. Yeah, that's think, good. John? Let's find John. You, you find John McKay. Let's see what he's up to right now. <laughs> find John McKay and do a podcast with him. Next thing you know, he'll be screaming about Reagan or something. Hopefully yeah. not. Yeah, here's the other, uh, just something, a quote from Fred when he was feeling sorry for himself. Uh, I can't remember what the context was, but he was going on about the 17, that he was out, this is like the $1,700 uh, mm-hmm. for his microphone that his mom bought for him. So, I mean, that just said it all. I was like, oh, okay. His mom has paid for all of his equipment so he could try to make a movie. Isn't that lovely? He was yeah. whining oh. about it. Mm. Wait, hold, hold on, Johnny. I have to, mom. Yeah, I want pizza rolls tonight. All right, thanks. All right, so just had to make sure dinner's ready for me after I finish recording. Of course. <laughs> but yeah, it's just one of those things where, so Teddy Hart doesn't have a job. His wife is the only source of income. Teddy Hart obviously wants redemption, and that's what all of this is about. This is not about really showing his life. This is more show, more so him trying to show people how he views himself. And the problem when you do that is, again, reality is there. Regardless of whether you want to engage with that reality or participated, uh, participate with that reality in a healthy way, it's still there. This entire documentary, all three parts, again, we're still on part part one, it's a interesting view into the mind of a man who honestly to God believes that he has done nothing wrong and that he is just Jerry Seinfeld. He's a victim of circumstance. And that is just not the case. What's the deal with all these missing ladies? Yeah, what's the deal with the sexual assault allegation? It's like, what the fuck? But uh, so are we? Uh, are we at the point? Where I literally started taking notes for this, and I got like halfway through this episode and stopped taking mm-hmm. notes. But I do have here because the because ne- I think we're right at meeting the next uh, member of this cast of weirdos. Uh, yes, AT, uh, ATV Bill. Yes, I was gonna bring Mister Bill up, Teddy's friend. He's in a three-way, a three-way relationship, a three-way friendship, quote unquote, uh, with Teddy, Bill, Samantha, and a, kid, and a kid running around in diapers while he's breaking beer bottles. That was the yeah, most a kid, white trash thing I, I've ever seen. I felt like that Indian in the or that Native American in the 1970s Coke commercial. Yeah, you, could, you know, you could call, you could call him an Indian because he was actually Italian. So, <laughs> and I, in I, pro wrestling, Indians can play Italians. So yeah, his name was he called himself Iron Eyes Cody. He 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 oh, was the God. he was the Chief J Strongbow of public service announcements, <laughs> or the Chief J Strong Junior. I said Bone, but Strongbow <laughs> oh, Junior, who's uh was terrible actually terrible uh mystery titans theater mm-hmm. you and travis i was on it recently discovered unfortunately chief j strongbow jr yeah he's terrible but you know who's not terrible uh bill now because he didn't he didn't didn't bill seem like 
when we first meet him, he is wasted with a, his kid running around in diapers, breaking beer bottles. But later on, when they're talking to him about what's going on, he seems like he got his act cleaned up. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he was definitely that Teddy Hart documentary was filmed by his lost weekend. Yeah. <laughs> this guy was out of it. Bill is cool, or he eventually became cool, seemed level headed. But what I was going to say, Tux Newman. He's cool. Yeah. Tux Newman. Cool enough for you to, uh, to, to take his name. <laughs> That's right. I got to take his name. Oh, I should be Tux Newman going on, coming out for the, the next podcast going Dr. forward. I'm Dr. Tux. Dr. Tux Newman. He won't, he's yeah, there we stuff. go. There you go. Yeah, there we go. Du- Dr. Tux Newman. Ooh, I like it, Johnny. Uh, but the, the, probably, okay, there's not a lot of funny things in this documentary, clearly. No. It's tragic. There's not a lot of laugh out loud moments. There's a lot of laughing at like you just how stupid some of these people are. But the only true, I think, laugh out loud moment is from ATV Bill when he drunkenly flips the fucking ATV on himself <laughs> in the driveway. And he's like, ah, help me. And they gotta pull it off of him. And like, like it was the most white trash America's funniest home videos, Canada's funniest home videos. And I laughed heartily no pun intended so you know how wrestlers go for diving nothing because they just want to set up a nice rko spot or whatever that may be right what do you think bill atv was doing at that point he was trying to pop a wheelie he was trying to pop a wheelie on an atv and that never goes well even if you're so he was trying he was trying to pop it on a curb, right? It looked like he was, or did he just <laughs> land on the curb and that's he how? Just because because it looked curb. okay, because it was just very weird for me. I'm like, <laughs> what is this guy trying to do? I, at for some reason, I thought, and this is how bizarre this entire documentary and uh, some of these people that we met. For some reason, in my mind, I thought he was actually trying to flip the ATV, <laughs> full 360 in the air, circus style. Uh, over jumping bears uh, but no that did not happen no, uh, but yeah no bill when we first meet him he seems as a huge enabler uh again it seems like another one of these guys who just wants to do right who loves the heart family wants to help people yeah. hope people get their lives in uh together because he bailed him out of jail so yeah. he's, he had and helped him buy a Lamborghini. So Bill must have oh, some money laying around. A Jaguar. Jaguar. That's it. Sorry. Let, let's not let's not get sued, Johnny. There's no, you know, misinformation on this show. Fred's going to come after us for getting it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fred's going to come after us and make a documentary about us. That was good. Cool. And it's going to start like this. <sighs> I was just trying to enjoy my Sunday. And next thing you know, I turn on the radio and. It's these guys talking about me, you know, I had to investigate and see what was going on. At first I was shocked because it's, I was trying to listen to NPR and I was hearing a podcast. I knew I had to get, a, get to the bottom of this. <laughs> the reluctant podcast listener. Oh my mm-hmm. God. Uh, <laughs> we start moving as this documentary continues. And it's uh, one of the things, and I want to ask you this because I saw it in the documentary were you falling along on cage match during any part of this documentary? Did you have cage match up? Because I did. No, I did not. When he said, that, okay. When he said that he was going to Mexico or he had a show here or 
uh, he mentioned the Stu Hart Memorial, which happened in two, uh, 2015. Uh, it was Teddy Hart versus the uh, son of the British Bulldog, Harry Smith. Mm-hmm. And they presented Teddy as a family guy. High fiving the fans, the fans cheering or high fiving uh, Samantha's kids. And there was this shot here that was really, it really brings home the entire Teddy Hart saga. And it was essentially Teddy Hart takes a move from the top turnbuckle and he rolls to the outside or falls to the outside, I should say. And he's obviously hurt. And Samantha, runs over to attend to him because Samantha is his valet or perhaps his manager. I'm not sure on uh, where they settled for that particular booking, Uh, but she was by his side. And in his moment of need and hurt, regardless of what his character was in the ring, regardless of whether he was a good guy or bad guy, the moment he was hurt, his confidant, his valet, his manager, his number two was right there to make sure that he was good to go. But of course, as this is pro wrestling, Teddy Hart was most likely faking or exaggerating. Again, his stage and show. But when you just taking a look at that scene, I would say that Fred did a good job. I'll give him this uh, much credit. Just slowing that scene down and letting that just resonate where we don't only have the words and actions in real life, but we see it imitated in art now obviously this is a uh, default uh, position within pro wrestling art form as far as people on a team assisting other teammates Uh, obviously this happens in real life and sports etc etc but it was just so interesting and heartbreaking to see because you realize she's really doing this in real life where she honestly to god just wants to help somebody who is clearly hurt because if she helps somebody that's hurt she'll be able to lift him up he'll win the match they go out they have a nice dinner everything's great the teddy hart the family man what do you see with this constant portrayal where teddy just wants to be the good guy when the cameras are turned on i mean it's just very try hard is really in your face how do you well, feel about that the, well to be more specific about uh, with Samantha and everything is uh, mm-hmm. to get into it is when you see him interacting with the kids and they're like, Oh, he was so great with the kids. And he, he was talking about at first uh, talk about how much he enjoyed being with the kids. Of course, later on, he's saying, I don't even know those kids you know, shit because he's so full of shit, but that's just because he didn't give a shit about those kids. It's just another way to manipulate this woman into doing what he wants. And that's like, look, I can be a dad to your kids especially in her situation and believe, believe me. And, and Hey, she also, um, I believe was, uh, at various points, um, and, uh, a dancer in a, you know, strip club dancer and believe me in seven years, but between if we had had a, usually the way Teddy Hart, uh, uh, treats, uh, meeting a dancer, uh, here, it, it, it happens uh, more often by with musicians uh there's the there's the old there's the old joke what does a stripper do with her asshole before she goes to work drop them off at band practice it's <laughs> it, it was uh 
the same way they get, and it's always like, I, I can be a dad to your kids and, da, 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 and, they, and they get in and they take advantage. And it's the same thing Teddy Hart was doing here with the kids, he, those kids. He wanted to project that family man image because A, it's good for wrestling. B, it's also good to coerce uh, this, this young woman into doing whatever uh, he wanted her to do until he was done with her, cast her aside with and taking her, you know, to jump forward, taking her passport and everything, and then just not giving a shit what happens to this very vulnerable uh, uh, First Nations woman down in Florida of all fucking places. And then what happened happens. So, yeah, it's absolutely I've unfortunate. Seen it, I've and... seen that. I've seen I, in seven years, I saw it happen so many times that I can pick up on all the signs of these kinds of mm -hmm. guys. Can you, without giving any obviously names or specific locations, can you tell one of those stories? Are you able to share oh, one of those stories? And think. just so the listeners can try and understand the parallels of no, this actually happens in real life. This is a type of person that exists. Uh, because one of the things that yeah, yeah. look at where, uh, being a psychopath you're born into that. Becoming a sociopath is something that uh, society, in some way, how we interact with it or how it interacts with us, uh, just living in it, that yeah, creates I, sociopaths. And I think that Teddy's a sociopath. I'm sorry, yeah, go I, ahead, John. I really can't think of one in particular. I, there, there's so, mm -hmm. there's so many. And sure, not to the point of abuse or anything, but clearly that there were, I'd see them and they were like living off of her tips so they could pursue being in a band and whether or not they had kids or didn't have kids, they had kids. There was a lot of like, Oh, he's so good with the kids, you know? And, uh, but she's the one bringing home the money stripping. I, I, yeah. I can't even, I can't think of one. And there were successful relationships too. That happened to there as well. You know, it wasn't always like this, but I saw some in seven years, I saw so many, it all blends together, to be honest. Yeah, no, I, I can totally understand. And a lot of times you don't want to necessarily delve into the negativity or any aspects of relationships, especially ultimately it's just yeah, your business. Yeah. So no, I, I was just, that. I was just jealous. Uh, yeah. That's what it is. What just it is. jealous. Let's talk about someone who's just jealous, but also just helping out. Teddy Hart has a warrant out for his arrest. Sure does. Now here's the thing, Johnny, if I have a warrant out for my arrest, I am not walking into an airport with a big ass coat that says, that says Tom Batista in the back. <laughs> it's a Dr. Tom Batista on the back. It will say Dr. Tom Batista. And because that will make sure I it's don't the, get in any further it's, trouble. <laughs> it's the fun, one of the funniest things about it. He's got a warrant for his arrest and he's dressed up A in the wrestling gear 24 7, which is ridiculous. But the fact that it just says Teddy Hart on the back is hilarious with hearts all over everything. We've got an APP out for a heart. I think now, we got now, Yeah. Now, now, here's the thing. Because I was watching this with my girlfriend because she just loves true crime. And she mm -hmm. mentioned something uh, in the third act. Uh, I'll bring that up a little later. But watching this, I was telling her how stupid this is for him to do that. But then I realized what the end game here was. And it's the same thing that these type of people do. Plausible deniability. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to deny anything and everything and be a victim at all points in time. What I think Teddy Hart did 
was he knew he had a warrant, knew that he was going to run into issues, decided to present his American passport with the built-in excuse of, oh, I can't find my Canadian one. Oh, I lost it. Oh, I thought I had it. Maybe I forgot it at home. While at the same time wearing a big Teddy Hart jacket. So in case he did get through customs and he was in the country and then the cops came uh, after him two weeks later, a few months later, whatever it may be, he could say, guys, I showed you my passport. I told you the story. I had a big Teddy Hart jacket on. I wasn't wearing a mask. You guys have all the facial technology. You didn't catch me. That case would probably get thrown out in court where they would say, oh, well, hey, yeah, you guys had a chance and you didn't do it. And okay, Teddy, go pay a fine. Don't do this again. Maybe serves a day or two in jail. And that's that. Uh, that's why I think he did it because he's not an idiot. I mean, he's an idiot as far as uh, certain lifestyle uh, choices he makes, but he's very conscious and aware of when the camera is rolling. Again, it's that constant PR, 24-7, 365, dressed in gimmick, Teddy Hart shirt or Teddy Hart jacket when he's walking through the airport with the warrant, etc. cetera. Uh, this is all a stage and show. That's what this is. Unfortunately, he had Mr. Money with him, his cat. Who has he's the PTSD. real victim. He's the real victim yeah. in all this. Yeah, that that's unfortunate. I uh, I always look at. I it hope as, he's doing okay. Uh, apparently, he is. The way the documentary left off, it uh, sounds like Mr. Money is in Texas, and he's doing okay with one of the wrestlers that Treddy uh, trained, and tamed. eventually, tamed, yeah. Ta oh, wow, here we go. Yeah, tamed <laughs> and trained and groomed <laughs> and groomed. There's a lot of cat uh, stuff here. It really right? is. It's, on, it's so unfortunate. He, this guy lives the gimmick, man. Jesus Christ. Um, and here's another thing. But here's another thing about that kind of behavior, though, mm -hmm. of the walking in. Uh, I don't know how smart he is. I do know what he does have. He does have um, uh, parents who will pay for uh, uh, very expensive lawyers because this is when, when we get to meet BJ Annis, his dad, and Georgia, uh, Brett's sister. Uh, that's his, when his father who's one of the most brutal I, I liked his father he was the most brutally honest guy in, in there when he says uh the only reason he's not in jail or that that girl i can't remember he basically said the only reason teddy's not in jail is because um uh, we could afford to get the lawyers for him and he goes and yeah. he basically says that he knows that he did wrong but it's his son. What are you going to do? You're going to do that for your son. He's the most brutally honest man. He literally says, my son is a fuck up. I know he's guilty of everything, but what do you want me to do? He's my son. I'm going to get him the best lawyer I can. And it's, it, it's such a refreshing burst of honesty in the middle of all that shit. Cause I get it. I get it. I get it. a lot of people would say, no, you know, true father should be a disciplinarian. And no, no, that's exactly what I do for my son. You know, too. I, yeah, if I could, I do it. I do it for him to keep him out of jail, even if I knew he was guilty. And uh, yeah, a lot of people you know, want to protect their family at all costs, because unfortunately, better or worse, that's all you have. And the, you would want them to do the same thing if you're in a tight bind. The sad thing is, I, I don't know how Teddy would uh, would do the same for his uh, parents. 
doubt it. He would not. A sociopath would not. Georgia, boy, you can tell Georgia Hart is a heart, man. She looks just like her mother. All the Hart girls look just like their mother. Uh, you just mm-hmm. jumped off the screen, by the way. Just making sandwiches. They all, it, it, it's a shame. They seem so well-adjusted after being in this family full of wrestling and tragedy and weirdness. But their son is the fuck up. Uh, I mean, it, that, it, who's also, what, a wrestler. Uh, yeah, those poor heart women. Those poor heart women just can't get away from wrestling and tragedy. And you mentioned the father and mother. Uh, first time we meet BJ, the father, Georgia, the mother, iced tea, chicken wings, and burgers. Looks great. And it looks great. It's, I was hungry looking at it. Uh, I was when too. Asked, when he asked Fred, uh, when BJ asked Fred, do you want two? I said, I do. I definitely want one. If Fred's, you know, only having one. 15 years old, Matthew. Teddy Hart's brother passed away. That's true. I remember that story from the Brett's book. Yeah. And talk talk about that. Well, okay. So I remember that story from Brett's book. Uh, And it's just so tragic and so horrible. And they touch on this in the, in the doc here that Teddy back then as a kid went through the survivor's guilt syndrome. It should have been me. All of that with his, was it his brother? I'm sorry. Yeah, it was his brother. His brother. Okay. Which could explain that early childhood trauma that he hasn't come to grips with that can possibly explain some of his behavior. And you know what? That's true. I believe that can be a determining factor. I'm really glad that they didn't push too hard that it's an excuse because it's not an excuse. Mm. Okay. that's a terrible thing to go through and it probably caused a lot of where his brain's at but you know what else causes where his brain's at concussions and smoking weed 24 7 and being on whatever other drugs and being a sociopath so i do i feel terrible for him in that way i don't think it but it doesn't give me any sympathy for him it gives me sympathy for 12 year old teddy it doesn't give me sympathy for 40 year old teddy yeah and that and that's the thing here where you know, everyone has events in life that uh, shape them in some small way or major way, positive and yeah, negative. Major way. I mean, and, if I lost your brother to a, a terrible disease like that, that would fuck you yeah. up. It would fuck you mm-hmm. up, but it's still, you got to figure out a way to deal with it without becoming a sociopath who abuses and rapes women and c- covers up murders. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not a big enough excuse. Oh, yeah. No, it's definitely not. Uh, we, we definitely see that uh, playing out right now in the media with Kanye West. And you cannot spell Teddy without yay, without the Y-E. Uh, but yeah, mental health and uh, a bad upbringing and uh, various things happening in life is not an excuse for bad pro wrestling. Yeah, I, I just like on Saturday. Or just being night, a bad person. Yeah. yeah, on Saturday night, on Saturday Night Live last night uh, on Weekend Update, Colin Jost uh, said something to the effect of, "It's not that Kanye's off his meds; it's that he's become immune to them." Or <laughs> yeah, and and that's and that's kind of what we're seeing with Teddy Hart again. Again, if I can put on my uh, doctor's lab coat or doctor, doctor, here you go, here you are, doctor. Yeah. Oh, thank you, sir, or uh, doctor assistant assistant to the doctor. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I think that Teddy Hart is 
again, just having gone through so much at some point in time, and this was probably at an extremely early age, uh, after you was fired from WWE, where he just desensitized himself to the hurt he was feeling. I mean, again, your brother died. You're being hyped up as this big guy, the second coming. WWE kicks you out. Your family over time, Brett, uh, Bulldog, etc. they are disavowing you in some way, shape, or form, maybe not on a large and loud scale, but you're not getting the co-assignments to the level that you would need in order to uh, get to the career that you want to have or that you believe that you should have. Uh, again, you can just uh, watching this documentary was just one big psychoanalysis piece or, you know, uh, something along those lines where just sitting there saying, Jesus Christ, man, this guy's working through a lot of hurt, unresolved issues, et cetera. And it's true, Johnny. Hurt people hurt people. Yeah. And the he, abuse. abuse. And, but ahead. they also said, they also said mm-hmm. about him being the youngest signee and youngest to get fired yeah. from WWE. The reason was they said he's not coachable. He just was, he won't listen to anybody. Clearly, but even then, WWE wouldn't listen to anyone, gets fired right away. Apparently, you know, they brought there was a few other times they tried to bring him back and he'd fuck up again. But I mean, he could have been. I'm sure that the idea was uh, eventually they when they had that um, new heart stable with Davy Jr. and Tyson Kidd and Natalia, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. he would have been in that. And he would, if he could have been coachable and not out of his fucking mind. But even that being, being coached, we're going, I've already know how to do it. I don't want to listen to anybody. I, I mean, even then being a heart and being in WWE and being young and as talented as he was, they'll put up with a lot of shit. It says something that even then they're like, nope. And just cut him fucking loose right away. Despite how much talent he had that they, someone could tell right away. If you're not willing oh, yeah, to listen absolutely. at all. Yeah. And, and that's what happens when you take a look at Teddy Hart and Natalia. Natalia, she can't promo. She doesn't have any character. Bad wrestler. Whole nine I, years. I disagree. I think Natalia is a very good wrestler. Okay. Well, we're going to have to disagree on that one. We're going to have to agree to disagree. But <laughs> for the sake of this podcast, I don't think she's spectacular. But the main point here is, regardless of where people may settle on her wrestling – I feel as though Teddy Hart is a more uh, engaging personality. Obviously, we're watching a documentary and doing a podcast on this guy. Uh, he does amazing stuff in the ring, very interesting and great matches in the early 2000s, early to mid 2000s. But you mentioned something Teddy Hart not being coachable. Natalia, Natalie Neidhart, was coachable. She is coachable. She listens. And now after all these years, she is considered with women in that locker room. They have said this on social media. They've said it in videos. They consider her a locker room leader. She's the leader. She's been there the longest. She was struggling through the era of um, everyone's a model. And she was a wrestler to, to the where, hey, she went out and got the implants and everything else to fit in. Uh, at that time but she could work she was a wrestler who was surrounded by a lot of uh, there was beth phoenix and a handful of others at that time that's why she was mainly a valet uh for Mm -hmm. a long time 
And, uh, but here's another thing before I think maybe we could take a quick break. Yeah. Another thing they all that I just realized there's something in the heart genes. Maybe it was eating all those omelets with the cat shit as children, because what's Natalia's obsession? Cats. Cats. She wears little, she was wearing little cat ears to the ring as, as, as like last year, even. She's obsessed with cats too. There's something going on. And I think the answer is in Stu Hart's frying pan. Yeah, dude. It, it might be in the omelet, the Stu Hart omelet, uh, extra cheese, Canadian bacon, of course, Johnny, mm-hmm. and cat feces. Yeah. Apparently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So as we mentioned, Johnny, Teddy, obviously going through customs, getting arrested, going to jail. He's the victim. Uh, Unfortunately, as we mentioned, Mr. Money, PTSD, he's deported. Manchinko, I do apologize if I'm mispronouncing her name. I forget how it's pronounced, Uh, but she is deported as well. She's not allowed to enter Canada. Mm -hmm. And so we then eventually go into Teddy Hart meets Samantha Fiddler. Yes. And, and November and, 2015. And to be clear, the thing that happened at the airport with all that is also because remember, Fred decided that he was going to be oh, the one yes. to go to America and convince Teddy to go home and face the music. And during that time, he had met this young lady who was trying to break into wrestling. Uh, Chico, yes. I believe, who can't get in because of a previous uh, uh, run-in with the law. Yeah, so that that's, yeah. that's and, what and was that, and that's on. a yeah, and, that, and that's another important piece we should because we talked about the director inserting himself here and at times pushing a narrative forward. I mean, this is a guy who uh, felt as though he was Dudley Do Right turning in the bad guy with a badge and. Hey yeah, guys, let me ask the right thing. And let me ask you this, because the only the only evidence we have that Teddy Hart went back to Canada to turn himself in and that it was Fred's idea is Fred's narration that he did that. It seems to me that if your father, as we mentioned, and mother are hiring high priced attorneys for you. Maybe the idea to come back and face the music might have come from, oh, I don't know, the high-priced lawyers your father and mother got for you and not hero documentarian Fred. Something, I that smells fishy to me. But you see, if I pay someone thousands of dollars, I don't want to listen to them. I want to listen to the random guy who wants to insert himself into my life Mm-hmm. That's the person I'm yeah. going to listen. Yeah, to. Teddy, Teddy Hart's crazy, but I don't think he was taking legal advice from Fred. <laughs> oh man! So Teddy Hart turns himself in. Eventually, he gets out of jail. About what? Two days later, not uh, long. Everything's yeah, not long. And then he's on his way to Dallas eventually. But before that, he gets a jag. He mints. He meets Samantha and. 2015 November 2015 uh, eventually he winds up getting a Jaguar 100k bill ATV it bill from earlier yeah helped him out did 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 bill okay so apparently bill sued the ATV company 
and got a huge settlement in order that he can buy his help buy fucking expensive cars for his friend and also use that opportunity to sober up so i guess good for bill good uh, for him man <laughs> oh one too many summer evenings or sunday afternoons driving drunkenly on the atv and after he flipped and hit that curb, he's realized, as he was laying there yeah. on that curb, he looked up across the street and saw a, a, a bunch, a, a bus bench with a lawyer's <laughs> ad on it. Have you been hurt in an ATV accident? I have. Yeah. He's like, yeah, this is sad. It's speaking to me. This is God stepping in and letting me know <laughs> what divine, I need to do. Next. Divine intervention. It is divine intervention. Yeah, you're right. And it was divine for him, at least. Yeah, but Samantha, but unfortunately, but unfortunately, Samantha, as we figure out, we put together, and by the way, her sister is when her sister becomes a major part of the narrative. And she's one of the people that you just, your heart breaks for. Yeah. In this, in this documentary series. And my, every time my heart just breaks for this young lady. And because apparently they're talking about their upbringing uh, as a, uh, they're uh, first nation but they're also strict religious i can't remember if it was jehovah's witness it was jehovah's yeah, witnesses strictly. it was jehovah's, jehovah's witness yeah. and and how that affected them and the rebelling gee imagine rebelling and becoming a stripper because you have a of a of a, a restrictive upbringing in religion <laughs> speaking of other things i've seen a million of at the club in seven years uh and that poor girl too she just and a lot of that is you is speaking to Samantha is wanting to be a star and something, mm -hmm. but wanting to be a star because of that, that kind of upbringing and what she went through, even at that level of being a dancer or whatever, there's a lot of wanting to be a star and that's what she wanted. She wanted to get into wrestling or MMA or what have you. And you got, here we go. Who do you, the last person you need to meet in that situation is a predator like Teddy Hart. Oh, yeah. A woman who, uh, as a child, was suppressed in a number of ways, who just wanted to express herself through art, uh, through fighting, perhaps through the fighting, showing that she is tough, she can't handle herself, she doesn't need people to tell her what to do or what she can or cannot say, etc. And so, and again, just so unfortunate. This Jaguar, 100K, Bill ATV, puts down 3K, Long story short, Teddy doesn't pay for any of this. None of it. Not a and thing. And the Jaguar the was, yeah, leaves him with the bill. Uh, and then Teddy passed the bill off to Samantha, who, mm -hmm. uh, because she doesn't have her passport in the U.S., doesn't really have a job, et cetera, et cetera, is eventually unable to pay for it. And the car is repoed in Texas years later. Samantha and Teddy. This is a woman who came in after the allegations. So let's step back. We met Michelle. We met Faye in the first scene, in the first episode, I should say, first, first episode. We later find out that Michelle and Faye have pressed charges against Teddy Hart. Yeah, here's where we find yeah. out what actually went down and what was actually yeah, and, going on. Yeah, and this is where... Your suspicions, your initial suspicions from all your years at the strip club, Johnny. Yep. It, it, it finally paid off. You're, you were able to do some uh, 
detective work, watching the cock. And you were right. You were spot on the money, man. I knew there was something, there was something up. There was something up. And sure enough, there was. It's like we mentioned Mm -hmm. earlier. uh, All of it was a lie. This is where they reveal that she was a, uh, ran an escort service, a very successful one. And that's where all the money came from. That this girl, uh, the other girl, they just met one way or the other. And she wanted to be on TV. And, uh, and again, they apparently, and they ended up even as forced as it was by Teddy. I think they ended up together. I think that was the implication uh, mm. uh, here, which, you know, as two victims who went through the same thing is he was keeping them locked up, law, unlawful imprisonment. It was like, I mean, there was the rape. There was this, like, basically slavery. I mean, this is when it really gets, they juxt, they juxt, sorry, juxtapose their allegations with what's happening to Samantha at the same time. And it gets really chilling, but we get to Samantha and they ask her or Fred asks her, whoever, you know, well, what do you think about these charges? And again, the kind of thing you've heard a billion times. Oh, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Not, not, not him. Cause he treats me so nice and he's like a dad to my kids. Oh, I know. I would know. Like, you know, you hear it a million times in, in true, every true crime story has, it's like, it's the old, the, the neighbors like, oh, he always seemed like a good guy to me. He took out his garbage and you find out he's got 18 dead school children in the crawl space. You know, it's, it's always something like that. It always is. And to me, it's always, I mean, it's already perverse, but it's even more pers- perversive uh, when you bring children into it. If yeah. you and and I'm not excusing this, I, I want to be very clear because I'm sure there's some bad faith actor out there. Oh well, he said no. This is what I'm saying. If you want to be a piece of shit, be a piece of shit to an adult at least. If mm-hmm. if that's what you want to do for whatever reason that may be, you're bringing in children at that point. Again, he was yet, they, as, as they were tools for him to manipulate her and to manipulate her emotions. They were convenient tools for that's how these guys act. And that's, that's an e- the easiest way in because you got this beautiful young woman, probably not even clear, let's face it, not the brightest bulb in the batch. You know, look, I mean, I know it's something to see the ocean for the first time, but it's it's just water. Chill out, chill the fuck out. Uh, <laughs> but those videos, well, live- I, I grew up by the ocean, so maybe that's- Yeah, maybe I'm just like, let's let Okay. Uh, let's throw that disclaimer in. okay fine uh but in those videos we see because this is where they everything he's such a liar teddy is because when later on he's saying she wasn't my girlfriend she was just my trainee and blah 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 these are the videos of them as a couple in mexico and he's talking about her as like boy was this a sign too when he goes this is the best connection i've ever had with a female i'm like Mm -hmm. just that alone what are you a ferengi or a sociopath (laughs) because (laughs) that's not how a normal person talks he's a sociopath he's terrible well it it really became for me like like with all of the allegations this that and the other i was the same way for the longest time i thought he was just a weirdo 
And after that crime and sports episode, because they go into deep details of every single thing ever, uh, that's when I knew about everything. And it was, oh, but then to see it right in front of your face coming out of his mouth, the shit coming out of his mouth, uh, talking to Fred in the gym and all the stuff about uh, trying to cover up what happened with Samantha. And let me get this, let me get this out of the way. I don't mm-hmm. think Teddy Hart killed Samantha. That I don't think that's even where they were going. He knows something. But even if he doesn't, what he's covering up for from is because they said that was his 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 deal. The control, the taking away of her passport and any money and just leaving her to float there is what he did. And that's what led to her death. Disappearance, of course, to be was killed. Hmm. That doesn't mean that yeah. he personally knew who did it even, but he put her in the situation that sent her spiraling. And that's what he's avoiding. That's what he's correct. Avoiding. And yeah, I, I do not think that Teddy did anything. Uh, go ahead and finish your point, Johnny. No, no, that's, I know that's just, I mean, he, no, he caused it to happen. He also, mm-hmm. he also put her, and we could go into this now if you'd like to. He also put her in contact with a wrestling quote unquote trainer and their dojo, Team Vision Dojo, who also specialize in modern day apartment wrestling for people to jerk off to. Uh, and is a and run by Chase and Rance, known uh, sexual abuser, uh, and uh, so who knows what, who she got connected with even through that scumbag. But e- let's say even if she didn't, clearly based on this, what was going on here, she had nowhere to go, nothing. She already had a history of uh, abuse problems. She's got, she had to go hit and probably work in some low rent strip clubs who aren't going to check IDs of people who are there illegally now. And this is Florida and you could easily just get spiral down a really dark path and end up disappeared in a swamp somewhere. And Teddy Hart made that happen by not taking responsibility. You're done with her, done with her, give her a passport and send her back to Canada. He didn't do that. He just let her, Go, go on the streets. I'm gonna get we're gonna get you a job as a landscaper. What the fuck? I guess Teddy in his mind is rationing it as well. If I take responsibility for all this stuff, then people are then going to just say, Oh, okay, well, now that you admit it, you took away your passport, you did A, B, and C, that led to X, and mm-hmm. thus you are in some way culpable. And so he's never said sorry for anything in his life. He's never, we just yeah, see it right here. He's never said sorry about anything in his life. He's a victim in every single way. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, he says it right here. He's like, you know where I really messed up? I really messed up with, uh, you know, I still love Faye and I still love so and so. And, you know, I did, I did like Machiko, but so that's Samantha girl. I did, don't, don't, don't know a thing. Don't know a thing. But, but, but because you know why? Because she's the dead one. Mm-hmm. That's why. That's why. Okay. It's, He's so foolish because he, he's dumb. I, I, tell me about his fucking IQ. When he's being interviewed by, you know, I'm going to go down there and tell him that he needs to help. When, when he's trying, when Fred's trying to convince Teddy, as they go, let's turn off the cameras. 
and they walk away, but the cameras a aren't off and the mic is are still on. It's so fucking phony. And he's saying, Teddy, if you could help us find what happened to her, you'll be a hero. Don't you want to be a hero? And Teddy Hart's not falling for any of that shit either. He knows, nope, I got an alibi and I'm fucking sticking with it. I, I've been arrested enough times to know you got to try to stick with your alibi. It's hard enough for Teddy Hart to stick with an alibi because his story is always changing. And yeah, and even it's just you can you can you know when someone's lying and he's clearly lying in there and it, dumbly. It just uh, and, it's so frustrating. And not only that, but again, the lack of empathy. I mean, when no, we start no empathy, TV, no empathy at all, no empathy. Yeah, when we move into the final act, as you're talking about, where Fred sits down with Teddy, and Teddy has all this glitter in his hair. I mean, who goes to the gym with a bunch of glitter in his hair? Well, I'm not going like to glitter Hart. shame anybody, you know. Okay, yeah, we, we don't glitter shame on yeah. this podcast. Hey, a little, um, hey, a little raver scabies never hurt anybody. <laughs> I'll go to work like that uh, sometime in the future. Show up to the office with a little glitter in my hand hey. or in my hair. Yeah, people are going, Dr. Tom is looking fine. Yeah. But yeah, as you see, uh, Fred is in the gym, sitting down with Teddy, saying, hey, you know, let's talk about Samantha. Do you have any leads? When's the last time you saw her? Whatever that may be. And Teddy is just, again, Hey, is this going to be part of the show? Hey, we shouldn't make this a big part of the show. Hey, I'm a victim here. Uh, people don't care about me. It goes right back to him. Mm -hmm. There is a woman who is missing and probably dead. And he's talking as if, you know, the mac and cheese burnt just a little. All right, it's not a big deal. You know, we'll just move on. And I didn't even know her. I, I barely even knew her. I barely even knew her. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, and, and and that's and that's part of it as well, where you start to just completely downplay your late. And again, I have experience with this with dark empaths and stuff. The moment they get pushed aside and they don't, they aren't the ones pushing people aside. When they get pushed aside, all of a sudden they weren't friends with that person. All of a sudden they didn't know that person. All of a sudden that person's the bad guy. All of a sudden, it just goes right to back to being a victim, and it's so unbelievable to see that like i this was the only time because fred he wants us to know his reactions and thoughts throughout all of this because again mm -hmm. this is his documentary and he's the star and teddy hart is just long for the ride this is not a true crime this is a detective mystery and mm -hmm. being unsolved by fred holmes uh but yeah it's just this was the only time where i felt that Fred's questioning and uh, even his reaction shots or him giving his thoughts and opinions where I felt that it was appropriate uh, to really try and hammer home the uh, nonsense that he was dealing with. And so I think that in the first two episodes, less Fred would have been more, uh, would have been better. Mm -hmm. And in the third uh, piece, right said Fred, he could have been that guy. Hey, he wants to be the center. You might as well just I'm too sexy for my I'm too teddy close up. I'm too teddy for this girl. Too teddy yeah. for this girl. Oh God. Don't be too teddy for any woman. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> oh my god, I can see a lonely island doing a video like that, where they're just right said Fred, I'm too sexy, but I'm too Teddy. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. All the you. girls are running away. Yeah, <sighs> get away. Besides, yeah. here's another thing. I I don't get it. He's an ugly, ugly fucking man. I, I and again, that stupid Ooh, Fred fucking, or Teddy. Well, well, both, but Teddy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, Fred's not p- pulling strippers left and right. You know, I'd look at Teddy at that pug face of his and that stupid beard, and I'm like, I I guess. I mean, he's got the the I guess the charisma. He's got the we talked about oh, yeah. the wrestling charisma and that, that's good enough and and all that. But I want to mention one other person though, and I forgot. Mm. But the Rolling Stone reporter, ah uh, yes, Omar, yeah, Omar, I, who I really did like also in this. I think I would have preferred this was narrated by him as a straight documentary, and then we can have Fred mm-hmm. at the end with his probing questions of that because you're right. That was when Fred's like in Teddy's face saying, "Come on." You know, that's when he's doing his having his Mike Wallace on 60 Minutes moment. And mm-hmm. that would have been fine at the end. But the fact that we had to see the journey of Fred over the three episodes that leads to him finally going, I am going to bring closure to this, these children and this poor sister. Uh, and but, just, but really, he was just trying to bring closure with himself. Yeah, which he documents that as too. I need to make even that he says. I need to do right by me and what I need. I just, oof. but yeah, just so many pieces of shit in this and so many people to just feel so bad for. Um, yeah, it really. But yes, but Omar, down. but Omar again, I loved every time he was on screen talking, like even talking about wrestling, being a, a non fan who starts talking about it really cannot be overstated how much the heart name means in the world of professional wrestling in Canada. It, with a sense of wonder and like i learned this as an investigative reporter and he's mm-hmm. very good and uh, yes that's the article a ton of this was all just generated from that rolling stone article and let's take what you just said and juxtapose that to fred's initial introduction to uh pro wrestling as far as his introduction to the viewer hey this is crazy everyone it's wrestling whoa yeah. It oh, automa- yeah, he automatically starts everything off as this is a joke. I don't want to be here. Hey, I'm just some guy who's and then all of a sudden it's Frost Nixon. And it's like, hey, man, you do not have the credibility at this point to do this. Yeah. You cannot do a Frost Nixon right now. Yet he also uh, has enough shots uh, of himself where he's filming himself as a subject for the documentary sitting in a chair next to an empty wrestling ring because yeah, who is he, a- mike quackenbush <laughs> like what was going on there it's just he's sitting next to a wrestling ring he's got some things to say and he wants to break it all down to us like he's father james misty well, no, because, yeah because yeah, he knows that we that there's gonna be a, a he knows that that appeals he thinks that appeals to the wrestling fans that are going to watch this and gives him some credibility in the wrestling business because he's sitting next to an empty ring as the, because, you know, now, now I'm part of the business, that whole fucking bullshit that he definitely was peddling as well. Uh, this, cause it's also, again, it jumps around in tone. It jumps around in what it's trying to get across the three mm-hmm. hours. There's not a lot of cohesive storytelling in this at all. It's not well-made. 
Correct. Okay, this is Which not is, a well-made documentary as far as movie making goes. Uh, yeah, and when and when you're doing videos for cats and animals, that, that's you're not thing, really right? necessarily. Yeah, it's a whole different thing, man. It's a, or should I say, it's a whole different animal. But I'm allowed to. I'll I'll, I'll let it go. No, no, I, I was saluting you. I was saluting you. <laughs> yeah, okay. But um, yeah, like I mean, filming animals are you know different than putting together a beginning, middle, of end. Uh, you can even do that. I mean, we see it done every year at the Puppy Bowl of uh, the. Producers and hey, I don't want to talk about it. I lost it. a grand last year Jesus on Christ. the puppy ball. Okay, for a problem for a grand, you could have put a down payment on a Jaguar. I didn't know, and it stuck someone with the bill. Yeah, no, I would have got stuck with the bill. bill. Yeah, yeah, stick yourself with the bill and give me the Jag. Okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> only, only, only if you introduce me uh, to Chase and Rance, so oh, I, can, uh, learn, I can learn under the the the. The, the watchful eye of uh, the master or, or just the guy who has a ring in Florida that Kenny Omega uh, yeah. had to stop hanging out with. Yeah. AEW right? did a number of, yeah. AEW did a, I want to say they did it. They used his ring. I want to say at least twice. Kenny Omega knew exactly who he was, but he tried to downplay it after the fact. Uh, AEW wrestlers, WWE wrestlers, ring of honor. If you live in Florida, Team Vision Dojo is in Florida. Chase and Rance, Johnny, try and set the listeners up for that. Uh, <sighs> Team Vision Dojo, uh, just the whole nine yards. Try and paint that picture and take us into the third act where we meet Chase and Rance. Okay, so here's a, someone who I've read about, of course, a, a, t- a lot and he- and heard about because as soon as um speaking out happened in wrestling. We heard a lot about Chase and Rance and Team Vision Dojo. But this is my first time seeing this slimy piece of shit uh, who it's wild that he sat down there for this whole thing, knowing, knowing he's con- a convicted fucking child molester, right? Isn't that correct? Yeah, he was uh, he was arrested and, yep, had a do sex uh, registered as a sex offender, whole nine yards. Okay. Uh Sitting there with a shitty grin on his face, like he's a, a, a total expert in wrestling, like he's never done anything wrong in his life, lying through his teeth, just the sleaziest piece of shit. And here's the thing he's slick, he's slick, he's got a used car salesman slickness. I could see how mm-hmm. dummies could get taken in by this fucking guy, but he just drips sleaze. He dips his comb in sleaze to get that look in his hair. You know, that, you know, just full of sleaze, baby. You know, shiny mm-hmm. sleaze. And I had heard about these, but getting to see the, the, the you know, other, they kept showing the, the little bit of training that Samantha had. And they, it was the same thing over. It was a, an, a, an arm drag and a, a couple things uh, with a dude. And uh, that was probably the only training she ever had. That's why they kept showing that clip over and over again. Uh, And his side hustle, apart from uh, providing rings uh, for people to work, uh, to to use, be they AEW or WWE or whoever, uh, 
is making the modern day equivalent of the old P, not not PWI, but the the Western mags, the after mags used to have apartment wrestling, and it was mm-hmm. you remember that apartment wrestling, and it was just oh, like yeah, black yeah. and white photos. So this is basically sort of the same thing. It's it's fetish videos again, not shitting on sex workers. Whatever you do, that's fine. But we see this one, and one Teddy's in this one, and it's a lot of like pulling up a guy's tights, not showing balls and dick, and punching as close to it as possible. Like, oh, oh, oh. And if everyone was in on this, was completely like, yeah, this is cool. This is what we're going to do. Fine. I feel the same way about uh, porn uh, actors and actresses. However, I can't not think that there's some young men or or, uh, women who are just trying to get into wrestling and going to Team Vision Dojo and sort of then find themselves coerced or feeling that they have to, to get ahead in the business, participate in this shit kind of against their will, but thinking they have to and to get their big break. And you can't tell me that's not what's going on with these. It's one thing if everyone's like, hey, man, let's into it. Let's have some, let's do this. And so when everyone gave, who was that uh, wrestler? Uh, I forgot his name. He kind of looked like a Frankenstein, but he talked really well. And he was in NXT. What was his name? Oh, wait, no. Uh, Von Wagner? No, no, no. The guy who ended up, they found out he did some gay porn. Uh, and, oh, uh, 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 Lars Sullivan. Lars Sullivan. Now we also found out he had a lot of political views that to fuck that guy, but everyone fucking busted his ass and made fun of him. And maybe it's because he said some anti-gay things uh, since then. But mm-hmm. I found this young video of he did a porn video, and you know what? He wasn't being coerced against his will. He did it. Who gives a shit? I, I never gave my my problem with Lars Sullivan had to do with what he was talking about. Now never gave a shit about him being an adult who voluntarily did gay porn good fine make a payday good for you i don't care if that was the same thing with these people then fine but if you're offering like hey man i have my i i uh, my rings are available to wwe guys and aew guys and we have team vision dojo you're gonna have young people who are gonna go there thinking that that's their big and big break we're then just gonna find themselves coerced and uh having their getting punched in the nuts on a video so guys can jerk off to it uh, somewhere. And uh, just everything about chasing rants and, and number one, even the name, Team Vision Dojo. It's so up its own ass that it should be a red flag that this is, that this is a, a front for a, a porn operation run by a child molester. And, and that's the crazy thing about all this is because Florida, just like a number of states, have multiple wrestling schools. This is not the guy that you have to go to if you He's live in Florida and say, yeah, but he had. And that's the thing. That's the, the driving factor. The same thing with Teddy Hart. If left to their own devices, people would look at Chase and Rance as a sex offender. They would look at Teddy Hart as a serial abuser. The fact that they that Teddy Hart can pull Bret Hart's name or do a conference call real quick with uh, Natalia and bring somebody over to Harry's house, that's enough to solidify him to say, okay, well, he's legit. And that's the same thing with Chasen, as we've seen throughout the years since then. We've seen so many wrestlers, and as we mentioned, Kenny Omega, AEW, using the ring. Uh, so people are still quietly and in some cases publicly 
co-signing both individuals. Mm. And that I, doubt, I don't think so the other hearts. I don't think any of the other hearts have anything to do with Teddy. Uh, so. I don't. I don't think they do. I, I will say. Uh, remember watching Total Divas and uh, Natalia. She was doing Thanksgiving, and Titus had to save the day. He he automatically knew that it was because it was Natalia. He brought some extra food because she was going to mess it up. Uh, uh, okay. But yeah, but her friend there? Ted. Her, well, not Teddy. Ted, Natalia's friend Ted was there in uh-huh. full gimmick, money jumpsuit, whole nine yards. His her normal friend Ted. She didn't say so, it was her cousin. It was well, her friend it, Ted. Well, it was just, it was a uh, more a shot of uh, Teddy. It, it was uh, Teddy Hart coming in and giving people hugs and giving them dap or whatever that may be. And then uh-huh. I think there was another shot of uh, Teddy Hart just sitting next to TJ. Uh, well, you know, husband. come on, it's Thanksgiving. I mean, I mean, how many yeah. times have you, there's someone in your family that you don't want nothing to do with, but it, you know, it's Thanksgiving, even for yeah, reality, exactly. But, and you know, I could, yeah, I and can, I and I give him a pass there. I, yeah, and I, I give you know Natalia stuff, but she seems like a nice woman. She, yeah, you think she TJ, seems like you think TJ Wilson has any time for fucking Teddy Hart? I don't. Yeah, think no, so. I no, and and Teddy and uh, TJ Wilson was the best because he would just have the best deadpan. B Arthur level expressions, uh-huh. like B Arthur level deadpan expressions, where our truth just jumps on the counter. Ron Killings because he sees a cat and he's screaming, ah! and then it cuts to TJ just sitting on the couch or standing up, just looking at him like, oh man! Like, <laughs> so it was always great watching Total Divas and just seeing TJ just completely no sell the antics going around him or right. happening around him I and say. as and as we're getting ready to start wrapping things up you you hit on a good point about the other hearts because tw- a few times in this they talk about the heart family and the dynasty that was yeah that was the name of the heart dynasty was the name of that stable uh and they always show the same three uh still shots glamour still shots of a uh, neidhart bulldog and brett and i i'm almost I, I almost hope that Martha Hart put her foot down that they didn't use Owen. So Owen wasn't even associated with this. We do see Owen's mm. picture, but they never even mentioned his name in a, in a family, the family photo of Stu and all the boys and everyone, yeah. but they never say Owen's name once in this, they say bulldogs, they say uh, Brett's and they say night hearts. And it's, I, 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 I can't say for certain, but part of me just wants to just believe that Martha put her foot down and did not want her her husband's name even mentioned in this fucking filth. <laughs> I can I can see that, especially since WWE was involved and that too. You know, I, there's, there's I wonder definitely how, how involved they were. I wonder how involved they were outside of providing like ten seconds of clips and the fact that it's on Peacock. I think that's the only involvement they actually had with this because it's not on the network or anything it's just yeah it's on the same streaming service yeah this is uh definitely a peacock exclusive let's continue samantha is missing this Mm -hmm. is after a few months after the tijuana show uh prior to going to the crash in tijuana to do that show they were living in the jaguar for three weeks living in the car living in the car with one or two cats it's it's so filthy it's so filthy when you think about that many cats you got you have to be on top of your game 
with with litter boxes and everything to have that many cats and it not be smell like piss imagine living in the fucking car with two that's yeah uh, it's, it's gross and after they come back after they do the crash show this was the last time samantha was filmed this is the last time fred saw her last time she's on film months and months later she disappears she's gone we're still in part three obviously teddy is completely beside himself as far as not wanting to be involved he's talking about how he was screwed yeah it was all he is completely dishonest yeah he's the victim him and samantha were never friends this she's not girlfriend material uh she got punched in the face once and decided that uh, she wasn't tough enough for wrestling uh was his excuse and uh teddy hart is looking for a reward essentially for Mm -hmm. facing his problems which by the way which by the way and we almost saw earlier and we kind of glossed over it but uh with machiko at when they were at the benihana and he made Mm -hmm. a scene and uh he almost uh, punched her in the face samantha's missing her sister april we talked about april Mm -hmm. earlier april is distraught one of the things i mentioned this earlier because we started talking about true crime uh one of the things that was pointed out to me was just that teddy hart uses the word was uh believe he believes that samantha is gone unfortunately he flat out says it he flat out says that he thinks she's dead yeah he flies out and the fact that he's so again this is a situation of this guy says that he believes that she has passed he has no remorse he is denying any real substantial relationship with her uh it's just a very down way to end the documentary i mean this isn't a happy story where samantha is found and she (laughs) goes on to WrestleMania to win the world title in the main event. This isn't that story. This is the story of she's gone. No one knows where she is. And one of the main figures around her prior to disappearing is a sociopath who just who put her in the situation. It's like we said, put her in that situation. He, what, what Fred was trying to do to just try to get him to help with anything all he did do was I think he did he, he was showing some pictures and stuff to the sister that made her feel a little better about something basically catching Teddy in lies uh, basically mm-hmm. showing that video uh, made them feel a little better but uh, it's you, you know she's gone she's dead and we saw the spiral that happened they literally showed when she trying to get an id and getting busted and dyeing her hair and looking sad and looking like she might got wrapped up in something and what happened what she got wrapped up in is having to be an illegal an illegal alien not super bright who was brought down there and just dropped by teddy hart who then takes her shit you know her id and her passport and everything and just leaves her there with nothing nothing and she has to do what she has to do to get by on the streets of uh, Florida. And obviously getting into, uh, you know, having to work probably at some sleazy ass strip clubs and, and, you know, maybe falling into some drug use and, you know, and then she ends up gone, you know, and, and the way they, 
the Canadian authorities say, well, you know, you got to talk to the Florida cops and the Florida cops say, well, we don't give a shit. Canadian, And you all don't give a shit is because she's first nations and everything about it is fucking gross on every side, especially law enforcement. The fact that they just don't give a shit in both countries. Maybe this documentary, maybe could get someone to try to do something to give this family some closure mm-hmm. and uh, get someone to own up to some responsibility. And, and before and I, I have to share this now, before I forget, you would think that after this, at least Teddy Hart will be unbookable in wrestling, right? You know, who's going to book Teddy <clears throat> out after this? I'll tell you who. Apparently, they're called FYW Pro Wrestling. Find yourself pro out of oh, wow. out of uh, Ridgefield Park, New Jersey. So I'm I'm so proud. Uh, uh, I've, I'm looking right now at the poster they have uh, in the corner. It says "Refuse to Lose." Saturday, January 14th, wrestling. Doors open 6 p.m. Bell time, 7 p.m. Featuring That's unbelievable. Featuring, uh, so I say, Teddy Hart, and then it says, as seen on Peacock, will be in action. Oh, it literally says, Teddy Hart, as seen on Peacock, will be in action. So, and, and that's what all of this is about. This is just about camera. This is about, you know, notoriety. Uh, it it's doesn't South matter Jersey, whether it's a South Jersey. It's a South Jersey crowd, which also that's just code for Philly crowd. So if mm-hmm. you don't think murderer, murderer, murderer is not going to get chanted at this show, I, you don't know the crowds that I grew up going to wrestling with. And <laughs> I'm going to be interested in watching the video, to be perfectly honest, because yeah, that, the, crowd, the lie. that crowd is not going to cheer him. It's going to be ugly. But but it goes yeah. to show you, someone books him because they know there's a, they want to see him. You think he must be untouchable after this? Nope, because pro indie pro wrestling, pro wrestling in general, as much as I love it, is sleazy as fuck, and uh, it's insane as as featured on Peacock. Wow, in a true crime thing that's yeah can can you imagine that in any other situation you have the jeffrey dahmer netflix special and you get booked for an anime convention hey jeffrey dahmer as seen on the new netflix it's like wait a minute what no it's like the minor no. it's like a minor league team uh you know uh featuring at the end of his career lenny dykstra as seen on crime and sports it's like what what do you <laughs> It's uh, it's unfortunate, but let's try and end on somewhat of a happy note. Okay. You did some ring announcing recently. I did. Got back into it. You looked very sharp in your suit. Thank you. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about Boom Pro Wrestling. All right. Yeah. So Boom Pro Wrestling, uh, the hottest new uh, wrestling promotion out of Vancouver, uh, Canada and the Pacific Northwest in general. The Pacific Northwest right now is having an indie wrestling boom. No, no pun intended. Uh, lots of great promotion. Like Defy is out, out of that area and they're really yeah, yeah. big. Good. They're doing well. Uh, 
There's NEW and right now, boom, uh, being presented by uh, my good friend, Max Mitchell. And of course, podcast partner and uh, bestest buddy and, uh, you know, hetero life mate, Travis Woloshin. life mate. Yeah, Travis Woloshin. Uh, they just had their second, uh, I mean, their third show. I was up there for the Halloween show to be the ring announcer. I had a wonderful time uh, in the boom box at the Canadian no, Legion. that's nice. On the Canadian Legion, uh, up top of uh, the Canadian Legion, I mean. And had a wonderful time. All the talent, getting to know the, the wrestlers, the talent. Everyone so cool, so inviting, uh, super friendly. Some really talented guys. And I'll tell you, guys and gals, I'll tell you this. Also, a lot of the talent there had been, you know, bouncing around indie rings up there for quite some time uh various levels of uh, experience but so many of them you, you see i've been to a lot of indie shows and you see a lot of the flippity flyers you know i'm selling braun Strowman, but you know you know what i mean it's uh, <laughs> yeah, no. there is a lot of these uh trainers were a lot of the the, the, the veterans i mean were trained by uh, lance storm went to the lance storm school and a lot of the, the the canadian training influence we can even go back to the hearts let's say to tie it all in mm -hmm. uh and yeah. then that sort of training where there's still even though even in you know, some of the the high-flying kids doing some trying to do some crazy shit there was still a the fundamentals so much fundamentals and basics of working and pro wrestling that i saw that mm -hmm. it, it was totally in, it's inherent in that Canadian training and the veterans there. And uh, just, it was again, wonderful. People were so much fun. I had a great time. I, 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 I you know, had to pat myself on the back, but yeah, I was pretty fucking great. And, and I was also uh, the timekeeper. I rang a bell, baby. The my bell ringing, my bell ringing. Uh -huh. Par excellence. I know we'll talk about it another time, but boy, I, there, there was a point, you know how, when you have to, the, the guy has to ring the bell because someone's being attacked in the ring and you're trying to get attention. Yeah. You know, I, mm -hmm. I played it like a symphony. I was watching what was going on. My dings were harder here and there and everything. Till finally the baby faces came in and I, I felt like I'd mastered my instrument, the ring bell. More cowbell, more ring bell, more ring bell. And you can, yeah. The Anita ward of boom. The ring bells. Right. Yep. Yeah, dude, you, you can go. ring my bell, bell baby i can't even do a high voice on no, me neither but yeah uh it was wonderful i fell in love with vancouver it's a beautiful city and had a wonderful time uh but and you know what i've had a wonderful time uh this afternoon talking about a bunch of very non-wonderful people uh with you <laughs> dr tom uh, batista yeah thank you and thank you to my assistant Johnny Hitchbath, who's no longer going by Johnny Sorrow, that no. gimmick or the name has been retired. I've retired that gimmick. You know, I'm not going to be like you know John Morrison and have a uh, different last name uh, for everything. Oh, you could, yeah, I, for I, every I, I, for every podcast you go on. Every so you podcast. Johnny Suplex. <laughs> yeah, Johnny Suplex, and then your Johnny Theater, mm -hmm. or yeah, Johnny Theater, and I don't know, just, just Johnny. Yeah, you know, you know, I'm, I'm reaching become Johnny Observer Live, and you know, yeah, it was Johnny Observer. <laughs> and chatted up with Dave and Brian. 
<laughs> yeah, just really try and get on the podcast just so you can add another last name, like a, a, mm-hmm. a God, a magnet to the fridge of every place you visit. Johnny, how did this get made? Yeah, John, Johnny cereal, you know, get to all of them. Yeah, Johnny wrestling with regret. Oh, well, there you go. Johnny wrestling, but with regret. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's the thing. Yeah, Johnny wrestling saying, is regretting the the the, the gimmick that he, uh, an angle he's got himself involved with now that he's on the main event in WWE. It's the only, yeah. it's the only, <laughs> it, it, in the new Triple H world, I've been enjoying everything except for that. <laughs> it's the worst. It, it's just it's the worst uh, thing on the show. It it is. It honestly is. I, that's going to be for another day. That's Until it for another then. day. We could go on. Yeah, we could go on and on. And if you want to go on and on and listen to this and other podcasts, the pro wrestling only, the pro wrestling only mostly, mostly. or mostly only. Yeah, network. Plum podcast. I'm going to rebrand it. See, I, I, I've, uh, <laughs> there's been a hostile takeover and yeah. I've taken over the running of uh, the Plum Podcast Network and uh, just look for some rebranding uh, coming. Uh, in the in 2023 uh my show i do with travis uh gideon guys where we talk about dc's legends of tomorrow will be uh evolving as well as travis is getting way too busy being involved with boom championship wrestling so i'm going to start having a rotating cast of guests who i'm going to make watch one episode of this tv show and join me for that uh, <clears throat> tom you'll be uh, uh i'll be uh, <laughs> talking to you i'm gonna i'm gonna be be calling in every podcast favor i've uh in my years of internet radio uh to get that going and uh but and we'll also be you know we're gonna be rebranding it and and making it a a safe space tom dr tom for anyone to do anything they want uh podcast wise and uh especially in the pro wrestling genre sounds good i hope to join you and see you and be part of that ride and we will watch getting guys one day and do a show i have never seen it dc's so legends of tomorrow in... okay You'll i've have... heard of it i'll, I'll yeah pick, i've, I'll I've pick heard a... of it I'll, I'll i'll pick the basically there's 28 episodes left of this tv series travis okay. t- had to tap out and uh yeah he's going to be like on every fourth episode from now on so that's the idea is okay. i'm gonna i'm gonna reach out to some super fans and I'm going to reach out to my friends who have never seen one episode. Like this dog right here. Yeah, that, that should be your first guest, the dog. He sounds yep. very excited to see that episode and to see you. But until then, Johnny, thank you very much for joining. Oh, the thank listeners you for having me. Of course, you are always welcomed here on the Military Industrial Suplex. Teddy Hart is not welcome. And of course, to the entire family of podcasts on the network godspeed to everyone out there peace and love and happy holidays happy holidays and i do hope that samantha is found alive and that there's some sort of closure to this Um, yeah happy holidays everyone